Ladies and gentlemen, a winner has been chosen for today's giveaway. And the 1997 Pontiac Astro Wagon goes to the fan sitting in seat number 0001 C. Montgomery Burns. Yeah! Yeah! And the fans do not like this one bit. And here come the pretzels. Oh, no, no, don't do that. You're supposed to be tasting them. Hall of Famer Whitey Ford now on the field, pleading with the crowd for, for some kind of sanity. Uh-oh, and a barrage of pretzels now knocking Whitey unconscious. Wow, this is, uh, this is a black day for baseball. Popheads and welcome to issue 101 of the TomCast Popcast. Also, welcome to the ballpark today. Hey, we're coming to you live-ish from the Tom Cave. We're still in seclusion. We're still practicing super social distancing. And that's okay. We're going to make it through this. My name is Tom. Thank you so much for listening to this quality, independent podcast. Please follow the show on the social medias at TomCastPopcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can, you can email the show tomcastpopcast at gmail.com and finally if you're so inclined you can become an official member of pophead nation by heading over to patreon.com forward slash tomcastpopcast where you can hang out with awesome pophead members excuse me pophead nation members like the aspen hill chody the batman of bay park mr jeff nail a nefarious dodger fan but he's also the co-host of the ringing ear podcast a great music podcast so that kind of balances that all out Thanks also to the evil circle, the evilest of all the circles, and the Squidmaster General himself, Mr. Brian Broussard. Finally, please subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform it is you prefer, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, whatever it is, we're going to be on it, and if we're not on it, let me know, because I'll get us on it. And if you guys, uh, you know you know the rest of the routine, uh, like the show, subscribe to the show, share the show with all your friends and loved ones, and let them know that we're doing good stuff over here. And if you have the time, five-star reviews, they go a really, really long way to helping get the word out about what we're doing over here on the TomCast Popcast. So thank you so much in, in advance for that. I truly appreciate it. So what we have for you today is a bit of a different show. Uh, we're not going to be leaning into uh, the genre, per se. You know, no comic book stuff, no movie stuff, necessarily. Uh, you know, because... Uh, I'm a multifaceted person. I have other interests, you know, besides just top-notch nerdery entertainment. Though top-notch nerdery entertainment is uh, first and foremost in many, many regards. But I'm also a big sports fan, and I know most of my friends are really big sports fans. And, uh, you know, we're kind of hurting, in a way, because there are no sports to watch. You know, uh, uh, with everything going on, it'd be nice to have um, that, that reward, that distraction that's provided by uh, the professional sports leagues. And... Uh, a, a big a big sport that I'm a fan of, and, and one that our, our co-host for the day is a big fan of, is Major League Baseball. 
And Major League Baseball is, I mean, I'll get into it with Cody, like some of the reasons why we enjoy the game so much and, and, and the whole back and forth with that. Uh, but why I thought baseball might be an interesting topic for this show in particular is because uh, baseball movies are probably the best of the sports movies. Uh, you know, they're, they're, and that's not to say there's not good, you know, soccer movies or football movies or, or hockey films, because there are. 100% there are, and we may even get to them at some point in the course of the TomCast podcast. But there's something about baseball movies that, um, whether if it's, if, it's, if it's that whole uh, American pastime, the the history of the game, uh, there, there's something about the, 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 the idea of a team sport that is broken down in a series of one-on-one battles. And uh, it, it really lends itself, again, it lends itself really well, really well to the silver screen. And there have been a ton of baseball movies made. Not all of them are good. And, but we think we have some pretty good ones here that we are big fans of, and we're going to talk about those movies today. And listen, I'm going to put it out there right, right now on Front Street. My, 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 the movies that I have planned to talk about, listen, I admit it, it suffers a bit from recency bias. There's not a movie that's earlier than the 70s. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Pride of the Yankees. You know, it's just it's just not working for me, okay? I love Lou Gehrig, but get out of here. I ain't got time for you. There's way better movies to talk about. So we're going to get into that. And and today we're being joined by uh, a really good friend and an, an important person uh, to me in my heart. And uh, that would be the godfather of, of the of the 3BZ network. That would be Mr. Cody Thompson, uh, one of the biggest baseball fans on the planet, Super Padres fan, and uh, we're gonna get, we're gonna get together and we're gonna talk about baseball movies. And I think it's gonna be a fun conversation. I think you're gonna have a fun time, even if you're not a baseball fan. I think I think you can listen to this conversation and, and at the very least see why we like these movies uh, beyond just the 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 at bats and then the the double plays that are being turned. And with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop talking and we're gonna go right into the conversation. Here it is, Mr. Cody Thompson and I discussing baseball movies. Take me out to the ball game. Ray, people will come, Ray. They'll come to Iowa for reasons they can't even fathom. They'll turn up your driveway, not knowing for sure why they're doing it. They'll arrive at your door as innocent as children, longing for the past. Of course, we won't mind if you look around, you'll say. It's only $20 per person. They'll pass over the money without even thinking about it. For it is money they have and peace they like. Ray, just sign the papers. And they'll walk out to the bleachers. Sit in shirt sleeves on a perfect afternoon. They'll find they have reserved seats somewhere along one of the baselines. They sat when they were children and cheered their heroes. And they'll watch the game. And it'll be as if they dipped themselves in magic waters. The memories will be so thick they'll have to brush them away from their faces. Ray, when the bank opens in the morning, they'll foreclose. People will come, Ray. You're broke, Ray. You sell now or you lose everything. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard. 
rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, is a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good, and it could be again. Oh, people will come, Ray. People will most definitely come. All right, we are on the Skypes with the Godfather, Cody Thompson. Cody, how the heck are you, buddy? Hello, hello. I'm doing great now that I'm here with you, Tom. Hey, I'm man. See you. It's, it's been it's, it's been a while. I, th- I think we have to kindly we have to finally admit why I haven't been on Beer Night lately, uh, and it's because, per the terms of my contract with Beer Night in San Diego, I am in violation of performance enhancing drugs and have been suspended. <laughs> Mike's been doing uh, swabs every week. <laughs> oh man, I, I miss seeing you guys, uh, but I'm glad we're getting to do this this show today uh, because it's about one of our favorite things, and uh, that would be baseball and baseball movies. Oh yeah, love it. And you are like diehard for life Padre fan. Yes. And that, how how did that come to be? When when did that all start? Well, I born and raised San Diego, so mm-hmm. grew up loving the hometown. And obviously, as you know, and anyone that's listened to the other show, you and I do. I we I think both of us are you know diehard local people. We all about local food, local beer, local music, local sports. Falls into that. So, you know, go Padres, go Gulls, go all that, you know, the new loyal team, all that stuff. Even the, so, even though the Gulls uh, kind of stuck it in us. <laughs> what's that? Even the Gulls in their 10-barrel deal. Oh, yeah, that's a little bit of a thing. But, you know, <laughs> we don't have to soil your airwaves with that. No, that's for a different podcast. Right, but, right. I honestly like, didn't even know how new that was. That might have been old news. I don't even know. But you've been, you've been a baseball fan for, I mean, since you were a little kid, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's not a new thing. Well, I grew up, um, obviously, in San Diego, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of times, as you're aware, you know, you're off from school for whatever reason, you get half days, or you come home early, and, you know, baseball games usually start later in the evening, you know, right. it's not, it's, there is more of an evening sport, sometimes you get some day games, and nowadays, you seem like a lot of teams are doing more day games, like Padres do like thursday days or wednesday days most most seasons now but growing up i was always a padre fan obviously loving the local team tony Gwynn. but then um coming home early from school or having days off you know summertime off i would always put on wgn and watch cubs games too so yeah i sort of grew up as like mainly a padre fan but also had that like cubs sort of weird love as well which people don't seem to like I guess <laughs> that I have that. but i mean i grew up watching them as much as san diego sports because they were on wgn in the daytime so often as you're aware you know for a long time they didn't have lights so they were just always day games but even once they got lights they started doing day games and it was it was good for me as a kid because i could watch baseball during the day and then watch it at night when the padres played yeah i i agree with you 100 percent. i mean yes i was born in san diego but i I didn't start liking baseball until I was in like second or third grade, uh, mm-hmm. and that was when we were living on the East Coast in in Maryland. Uh, yeah. So, so by by all rights, I should be a big Orioles fan, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. The, the Orioles were just kind of like a vehicle to go see baseball games and and all these other teams and stuff like that. Um, 
but because, like you said, with with WGN for the Cubs and TBS for the Braves, that was the only way to watch National League games. Because like this, you know, back when I was a, back back in the day when I was a kid, there was no interleague games. You never right. saw the other yeah. league in, until like the All Star Game or until the World Series or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I finally started kind of trying to connect with the Padres, which was like the mid '90s, it, it was through TBS, through WGN, you know. But the Orioles are the reason why I like so many East Coast teams, or so many American League teams in particular. I mean, I grew up a Royals fan, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've always kind of wondered about that. It was, and I don't know why we haven't talked about it more. Maybe we were just waiting for this day to happen. But you're obviously a Nationals fan. And... Um, yes, but, I mean, there, there was no Nationals when I was a kid. It's just right, kind of right, like, right. <laughs> it just kind of was like, well, I like the Nationals because, like, you know, they're from where I used to live, and why not? Yeah, they're entertaining, and Verlander's a beast. But you don't really uh, rep Orioles that much, even though you're out there. No, you know it's it's funny you said that because I I I have an Orioles T-shirt on today. I'm wearing this for my dad, basically. My my dad's the Orioles fan in the family, so I'm kind of like supporting him today. Mm, Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I I I grew up going. My first baseball game was in Baltimore at the old Memorial Stadium, which is long gone. Mm -hmm. And then, like, basically in high school, I sort of lived at Camden Yards. I mean, once I had a license, I could get up there on a regular basis. That was that was the only place I could watch a baseball game. Was you know about an hour away. Mm-hmm. So That's not too bad though. No, not too bad at all. And I mean, back then the Orioles were good, and the the rivalry with the Yankees was fun, and we you know booing Derek Jeter is always a good time, and mm-hmm. <laughs> that stuff like that. But when I was a little little kid, I mean, it was when I first started playing baseball, and I went onto a baseball field to I, I didn't know anything about the game. I had no idea how to play baseball. I just wanted to hang out with my friends. And one of, one of the dads uh, uh, saw me, st- and he's like, well, are you left-handed? And he's kind of was showing me what to do. And so I step up to the plate left-handed, and I got the bat in my hand. And he's like, he's like, don't worry, we'll make you the next George Brett. And I had no idea what the fuck that meant. <laughs> so I had to go home, and like, I, I went to like a neighbor's house, and he gave me those baseball cards. And, and I found the George Brett card. I was like, I guess I'm going to like the Royals now. <laughs> so I started following the Royals. But again, when we were a kid, I didn't have cable. <laughs> so becoming you realize this becoming a team of a, a fan of a team in the Midwest was a little bit more challenging than you thought it was going to be. Well, we were my wife and I were talking last night about just not even well, sort of I guess around baseball stuff. But we were talking about that, like what you just said, being younger, our younger generation with how TV used to work. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, generations they don't like twelve year old kids can get on MLB TV on their phone. <laughs> And watch pretty much any out of market game they want. Back in the day, you know, we were t- we were making joke last night that like you know we used to have those TV where if you were trying to get to channel twelve and you accidentally hit one more time, you're like, oh, I have to go all the way through the channel <laughs> to get back to twelve. And nowadays, kids don't notice know the pain of that. So back in the day, if there wasn't a game on in your town, you're done. That's it. No no sports for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it again, our our generation one of the last ones where everyone could be you know, hyper local as far as like, this is why I root for this team because this is where I live and it's all I can get. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nowadays you see kids and I swear to God, there's more Dodger hats in L- in San Diego than there are Padres hats. Oh yeah. And you go almost any team that comes to San Diego, there's going to be a massive following of those fans mm-hmm. in San Diego. Yeah. And, and we, we still are a transplant city. So there, there's a fair amount of that. I, I understand, but it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, we live in a day and age where like, if you live in a big city, Mm-hmm. Very likely, your your fan base is not as as uh, I don't know as, as local centric as, as maybe you want it to be. 
Yeah. Well, I remember years ago, the Yankees have come through Petco a couple times. And a few years ago, I went to the the last game they were in town. And um, I, Jeter, I think, was hurt. A-Rod sat out. He didn't actually play. But they did. I was talking to, to Tab, my wife, last night about it because I was like, it's the one time I've ever been to a Padre game ever where I'm like, if they lose tonight, I can live with it. Because in the ninth inning, Mariano Rivera came in. Yeah. I'm sitting field level and I'm like, well, I mean, when am I ever going to get the chance to see someone like him come in? I mean, obviously we lived here and got to see Trevor all the time. Yeah. We were spoiled with having Trevor time, but at the same time, Mariano Rivera is like this larger than life guy, you know, that everyone, he's just like this legend in the game. And, uh, it was crazy to see him, but I do remember there are two gentlemen sitting right in front of me and they were both wearing Yankee jerseys, and they both still had the tags hanging off of them. And that's the kind of thing that's like, that's that's San Diego sports to me. That's what I think of when I think when people talk about, like, well, there's going to be a lot of Dodger fans. Like, yeah, well, how many of those jerseys were bought today, dude? Because, mm-hmm. you know, are you an actual fan? Or are you coming ironically to try and, you know, root just like you're you're it's like they just want to root against the Padres. They don't want to root for whoever is there. They just want to root against us. You know, I, I had a similar experience a couple of years ago uh, where I went to what was what was you know a big, big Poppy's farewell tour. And oh yeah, they came through San Diego, and I wanted to see Poppy play one more time live. And mm-hmm. and I was like, I think I think he came up in the ninth, if I remember correctly, and and had a chance to kind of get the Red Sox on the board or whatever. And I was like, you know, if Poppy hits a run here, I ain't gonna be too mad about it. Potter, mm-hmm. Potters weren't going anywhere that year. It, it didn't really matter too much in the grand scheme of things. But it was mm-hmm. cool to see Poppy play, and um. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, but it's it's baseball's that kind of game where it is fun to kind of fun to see like the the greats play, and and I like David David Ortiz a lot because he was that player when he was first with the Twins. You know, they're like, oh, he's a part time player; he'll never become anything. And then he goes to Boston and becomes like one of the greatest postseason players in the history of the sport. Right, it's just off the charts. Yeah, I remember the first time I got the chance to see the Red Sox when they came through San Diego. It was years and years and years ago, and I got up early the day the pre-sale tickets went on sale because I was like, I want to get tickets to the Red Sox. I was able to get tickets to the Sunday game, and it was like far left field as high as you can get at Petco. So it was super far away from the foot. I did get to see Trevor Hoffman pitch to both Manny and Poppy. Yeah. And how can you go wrong with that? That's pretty cool to see. And I mean, not to get into it too much. I know you have stuff you want to talk about tonight. Yeah. But... Yeah, no, no. I mean, we, oh, could, we could talk about like our great memories at, at Petco Park and, and Qualcomm before that. Yeah, I know. We could just do a memory show. <laughs> yeah, we, we really, really could. Uh, let, let's kind of transition into our, our movie talk. But like, what, what do you? I, yeah. I personally think of all the professional sports that are out there, baseball lends itself best to to cinema, to to movies, because you know it. Yes, it's a team game. A hundred percent, is a team game. But it's it's like a series of one on one battles. Like every mm-hmm. pitch, you know, pitcher, batter, catcher, and then like when the ball's in play, it's between that guy and the next guy. And and there's yeah. just this, I don't know, it's it's just just this unique harmony about baseball. And I think it transitions so well to the to the silver screen. And I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? Like, why do you think that is? Or am I crazy? No, I, I agree with you. The thing that's, that blows my mind is, as we're going to talk about tonight, and both of us love movies, we both love the sport of baseball, I've always wondered how they're able to do uh, baseball as a sport for movies so well. Because, mm-hmm. like exactly what you said, there's so many factors and there's so many different people on the field at one time that 
but I guess if you think about it, when you, you can't, when it comes to movies, that it does make sense that even in like, not to give it, well, I don't want to say anything because it's like, <laughs> but there are certain movies where they just highlight like one or two main characters on the team mm-hmm. and the rest are just background players. And I think that might be one of the reasons why they can do it so well is they focus on the dynamic people, the people that they want to be dynamic characters and the rest can be background players taking care of the things going on in the field and the action is still there. You can see it, but the dialogue doesn't have to be there for him. And maybe that's what it is. There's just so much, so many moving parts that you don't have to have everybody be a dynamic character full of dialogue. Yeah, I think that's a good point too. Uh, so before we get into the list, I do have to ask because you know we are a a sister show to Beer Night in San Diego. What are you drinking tonight, my friend? So I grabbed something specific. Um, my thought was to grab something baseball related. Okay, uh, and. I don't. I ended up not doing that as much, but the reason why I did what I did was because um, one, I was just incredibly curious to try it, and two, um, Noah, who's on Beer Night in San Diego now with with you, I, and Mike, um, he let me have one of these the other day when we were doing the Beer Night in San Diego show, and it was just curious. But it's summertime. This mm-hmm. seems like as a summertime theme, and it's from Highland Park. He was up there and dropped off a can of this for me. It's an IPA with coconut. It's literally just called Highland Park Coconut IPA. It's 7%, and it is super fresh. But if you don't like coconut, this would not be for you. It is like the most coconut-forward IPA <laughs> I've ever had. But I love it because I love coconut and beers. And it's not heavy-handed in the sense where it tastes like that, you know, banana boat day at the beach coconut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll, I don't know if you can see the label here, but it's got, like, coconut oh, on yeah, there. Yeah. It's, got a little, mm-hmm. it's got a little lime on it. You put the lime in the coconut, baby. <laughs> That's right. So there's a little – and there's also, like, a little honeydew melon. So it looks like there's also some other flavors going on playing with the um, – with the uh, coconut, there's banana, little little melon, some some lemon, and then the coconut. But it's really nice. I think this would be. I mean, it's a little heavy for, uh, as you can see, the listeners can't see, but it's, that it's, is that's yeah, that's uh, opaque. The super merc. <laughs> but uh, it's really tasty. Actually, it's really good. Now, I'm not surprised Highland Park. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I. I... I, I'm, you know me. I'm kind of like the the, yeah. the basic bitch of the show. Uh, I just stuck with a good old classic pizza port, permanent vacay. Uh, this has been a favorite around the house lately. Nice. Yeah, I, I love this one. It's just it's crisp and clear and clean, and I think it's very very delicious. That is a great beer, and that's a good summertime San Diego beer. Yeah, I think you guys just featured this on the show maybe last week, right? We did, yes. Yeah, and the and the, the crossover with uh the what was it? I like beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I like beer podcast. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. And that was a the permanent vacay. That was a really nice, man. And it's the same as most pizza port IPAs. You know, you're going to get a nice crushable quality, well balanced. Mm-hmm. I think that plays in well with the summertime. If you're sitting out at Petco Park or at a ball game in the summer and you have one of those, it's balanced. It's not so sweet and malty that's going to, you know, put you out. No, give me a give me an eighteen dollar plastic cup of this and a, and a fourteen dollar hot dog, and I'm having a great day. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, quick. Note, just you probably know this already. I mean, you are the host of Beer Night in San Diego, uh, but Pizza Port's collaboration with Beachwood should be coming at the end of the month. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so and I assume. Oh yeah, and uh, and uh, apparently Beachwood's kind of like lifting some of their their restrictions on on distribution, they're, and they're telling Pizza Port you can sell it wherever you want. So it should be should be readily available. 
Very cool. I'm excited. That'll be definitely a. I think all of us will be picking that up. Yeah, I agree. All right, so now we got our beer. We got our we got our hot dogs grilling right now. They're they're gonna be ready by the end of the show. Uh, let's let's kind of dive into the list. What do you have uh, first that you want to bring up? So I did uh, ten. Okay. But the list sort of extends into a twelve. That's and I'm fine. Explain. So I did an honorable mention because I was told by the judge that I am married <laughs> to that she actually said two of my movies did not, would not fit the list that uh, you were going for. Okay. She said that they would not fit the Tom list and she didn't think that you would approve of them. So, wow. All right. Apparently I am judgmental. <laughs> no, no, no. She, she, she just said he asked you for baseball movies. Those aren't baseball movies. Th- that that, that can be a broad categorization, but I mean, if you consider it one and, and, you know, if you can defend it, let's go. Okay, cool. So I'm going to start with an honorable. So I have an honorable mention. And then number 10, I have a slash. Okay. Because I don't know. I'm curious if you will agree with tab and say those don't fit the baseball movie criteria. And if so, I apologize, but I will make up for it. No worries. So my honorable mention, and we watched this last night because I was saying it's a baseball movie. I swear it's a baseball movie. And there wasn't a lot of belief. So I said, fine, we're watching it tonight. We watched it. I loved it. She loved it. She still walked away saying that's not a baseball movie. That doesn't... <laughs> so my honorable mention, and I'm probably going to get a lot of grief for this and I don't care. Fever Pitch starring Jimmy Fallon. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you not like that movie? I don't. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so that's the, that's the main one she said. That's not going to fit Tom's criteria. He's going to give you a hard time for that. <laughs> uh, you, you know, it's not so much the um, anything to do with the movie itself. I, I, I think I just have a, a fundamental problem with Jimmy Fallon, an avowed Yankees fan, mm-hmm. being a Red Sox fan. I'm just like, this doesn't work for me. I know who you really like. And that's what, and Tab even said that when we were watching. She's like, "Isn't he a diehard Yankee fan?" And that's why, like, this movie right here is why all Red Sox fans like despise him. I was like, "Pretty much, yeah." <laughs> Pretty much, yes, exactly. I mean, I, I think I think that fact alone is the reason why the pro- the movie probably didn't do as well as it maybe should have at the box office as well. <laughs> Because people are probably like, I'm not supporting that, and I don't want anything to do with him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I honestly, I think it could have been a perfectly fine. Uh, film if they had gotten anybody else to be that part like get a get an Affleck or get a Damon or somebody in there and it, it probably does way better and I actually wondered that what re-watching it last night because I'm like well how is there not like a Casey Affleck as like the best friend in this movie right perfect casting at that point and I think it would have boosted it to more but then again the Casey Affleck might have been like I'm not going to star next to this Yankee fan and make fun <laughs> of my team like there's no way I'm going to mock my team you know right yeah, but it's I, funny. And Tab did say as we were watching, because I'm laughing, like belly laughing through the whole movie. And she said it about halfway through. She's like, I think that I can easily say you might be the world's biggest fan of this movie. Like no one else <laughs> likes it. Like, yeah. <laughs> that, that might be the case. Yeah, I, I, I've seen it a handful of times. Uh, I mean, there are there are chuckles in the movie, but there's also <laughs> things that drive me crazy, too. Like like right. when when uh, when. Uh, um, um, Drew Barrymore's at the ballpark with her laptop and stuff. I was like, no, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got Gracie's a Fenway. Get out of here. Yeah, I get you. And <laughs> they do give her a hard time for it, which is where it's like, okay, you know, they, the the true fans, quote unquote, give her a little bit of a hard time for doing that. But even doing <laughs> it, it just adds to the funny to me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I think the movie's comedy. No, I listen, love hey, man, you, you dig it. And that's all that matters. 
I can have my little nitpicks about it and my little qualms. And I, I'll be honest, I was a little annoyed at the that they changed the ending so that you know because that happened to be the year the Red Sox won the World Series. Oh right, yeah. and so they they kind of like monkeyed around during Game Four when the Red Sox did the sweep in, in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, I was watching as as a person watching Game Four. I was like, Jesus Christ, are we really taking an extra minute here so they can film a movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I I thought that too. I'm like, even rewatching it last night, I'm like, they really put all their eggs in their basket to hopefully get this uh, get this win to be on film. But yeah. either way, that's an honorable mention. No, I didn't no, no worries. I was told it wouldn't fit the criteria, so I just did an honorable mention. I, I, you know what? I totally think it does fit the criteria. I mean, it is a story about a guy trying to balance his love of the game with the, the love of a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the book by Nick Hornby is fantastic, though it is about soccer because it's oh, okay. it's very uh, English. <laughs> but uh, but okay. no, I, I get it. I, I, I have no problem with it being considered a baseball flick. Okay, cool. So now do you want to jump into the 10? Do you want me to start with my 10, or do you want to jump in with your first one? You know what? Go ahead and go through your 10. I think we'll work through it that way. and Because, like I said, I think we're going to have a lot of crossover. Okay, cool. So yeah. my number 10 is a slash, because I didn't. I was told, like I said, one of them doesn't fit the criteria, and my other one for number 10 does fit the criteria, is what okay. I was told. So for number 10, I did a slash. And sorry if I'm breaking the rules, but I did my number 10. There are no rules in the show. You know that. Come on. Perfect. All right. <laughs> and it works. And that's kind of what I told Tab. I was like, I really don't think he's going to give me that hard of a time. No, but we're we'll... not committed to any one format of anything. Don't worry. Right. So my number 10, which is a slash again, I did Beer League starring Artie Lang. <laughs> written by Artie Lang. <laughs> which is the one I was told would not fit your criteria. Because she said, that's not a baseball movie, that's a softball movie. You know, I've never seen it. I can't... I, I have really? nothing to say. You would... I truly would. I would guarantee you would walk away from that movie a, a diehard fan. I, I I think I'm gonna write it down so I can watch it afterward on recording because now I'm it, I'm super curious. I I went out and bought it like the deluxe edition DVD when it first came out. <laughs> it's a sent real quick for anyone who doesn't know, and I'll give you a little synopsis. It's essentially Artie Lang. You know Artie Lang, the comedian, the right. big fat comedian. Not to be mean <laughs> about his. I mean, trust me, I'm as fat, I'm as big as he is. So. I just wrote it down. I got it right here. Oh, nice. <laughs> Making notes. Uh, he's essentially like this huge loser in his town, right? And okay. Ralph Macchio's in it, by the way. Ralph Macchio's the other star. Hey, hey. Yeah, so Artie Lang is essentially this loser, and he's on this really this team of losers that go out and get drunk and play softball every Sunday. And then there's a guy that he went to high school with who's like the mayor, I think, of the town in New Jersey. And he's just like this evil bully and is just absolutely mean. And he has a different softball team, which destroys Artie's team every year. (laughs) So they essentially set out to defeat this guy and his team. It's kind of like the dodgeball story, how there's like the underdogs and then like the Globo gym. Right, right. It's very like that, but based around getting completely plastered and wasted and going and playing softball and being like, if you're if you're faint of heart, don't watch this movie because it is <laughs> vulgar beyond vulgar. I'm OK with but, that, but I can't I can't suggest it enough. <laughs> right on. So the slash that I put in for number 10 was Angels in the Outfield could not be more different than Beer League. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if this is going to make your list. Yeah. I, I kind of had a feeling. Yeah, so Angels in the Alpha. I mean, it's Christopher Lloyd, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a cute little kid, and it's heartwarming. How could you go wrong, really? 
No, it was about the Angels. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, just exactly. kidding, Angels fans. Sorry. Back when they were Jeez. back when they were California Angels, by the way, which Ooh. is my favorite era of them. I wish they still were. But yeah, I hear you on that one. Let me get so, to one of my honorable mentions. Oh yes, please do. Because I think you're going to notice a trend with a lot of mine. Uh, they, they, they. A lot of them very firmly fall in the in the comedy-ish genre. <laughs> okay, but okay. I was wondering if yours were going to be mostly comedies or mostly drama type baseball movies. I wasn't sure where you were going to go with it. You know, there there are some exceptional baseball drama films out there, but I'll be honest, like they're as great as they may be, as great as they are. Like, I mean, Bang, Bang the Drum Slowly is awesome, but mm-hmm. it's not a movie that I go back to all the time because I'm like, please show me how great you can act. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Um, and that's kind of where I was going with it too. Is like if I were on an island and I could bring ten baseball movies, what would I want to watch over and over again? Like, yeah, this is this is oh, almost my list of the most rewatchable baseball movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there are some that are like they're great movies, but they're dramatic, and maybe I don't need to see them twenty five times a month. You know what I mean? Yeah, something like that. And that's exactly what my first one's going to be. Is is I think Eight Men Out mm. is excellent about the the nineteen nineteen Chicago Black Sox scandal, the gambling and baseball. I think that's a really important story for a baseball fan to know and to understand. Uh, but it, yeah, it's not a movie that you want to watch, you know, every Friday night with with your with your lady or with your right. significant other. You know, it's not it's not necessarily a, a popcorn flick. Right, right, right. <laughs> but I think in the grand scheme of of, of history and, and baseball in general, like that's a really excellent excellent movie with a great cast of of actors and uh, even a very young Charlie Sheen. Hey, there you go. Yeah, so you can't go wrong with the young Charlie Sheen. I do have a feeling Charlie Sheen will get mentioned again soon here. I think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I got Eight Men Out as an honorable mention. And then, listen, I'm not going to lie. This is my podcast. (laughs) So so this movie makes the list for no other reason than that this is my podcast and I don't care. Uh, Mr. Baseball, because it's Tom Selleck. Yeah, there you go. See, that was when I was looking through, because I'll, I'll, I'll pull the curtain back. I was like getting a list of baseball movies, mm-hmm. so I didn't get anything. And that one came up, Came I came across that one. I'm like, do I add that one? That one might need to be there. But it didn't make mine, unfortunately. No, I, I really like Mr. Baseball, but I think I mostly really like just Tom Selleck in general. <laughs> it's Magnum, I'm with you. Magnum P.I., and I love I love some of the lines. Some of the lines are really hilarious. Like when he first gets to Japan and he looks at the fence and how close it is, and he's like, "I could piss over this fence." Yeah, you know, something I mean, like that. How could you dislike anything with Tom? So he's he's just great. Well, and it was he, well, he was, and I actually I thought it was really cool to see uh, the way the baseball culture is in Japan. You know, that, that's <laughs> yeah, something exactly. we could see very often. I don't know if you've had a chance to kind of, you know, in in this. Uh, COVID period where where the league's been shut where MLB has been shut down, but ESPN ESPN has been playing Korean league games, mm. and that's been pretty wild to watch. I watched one when they first started, and it was very cool. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is you know, and it, again, there's no fans there. It's all you know, the noise is all simulated. But it was like, okay, at least it's baseball, and baseball exactly. does kind of have a universal approach to it. So, I those are my honorable mentions: Eight Men Out and Mister Baseball. Love it. What do you got next, my friend? So number nine. This is one that I've been trying to get Tab to watch for years, and she hasn't sat down and watched it yet. I'm actually curious. I assume you've seen it, and if not, I highly recommend it. I think this is something you would love. Okay. But for number nine, I went with Asterisk 61. Ooh, that's on my list. <laughs> that is on my list. That's, actually, that's actually my next one up. Yeah. Nice, because that movie is phenomenal. Barry Pepper 
as Roger Maris, mm-hmm. absolutely stunning that performance. Then it's it's one of those movies that's that's kind of sad, but it's historic, and it's another thing that I think baseball fans should see, you know, to learn the history of the game because it's not just a story; it's actually like part of the history of baseball, mm-hmm. and. We obviously, a lot of us grew up around the time, or we were already semi-adults around the time when we saw the, you know, obviously the Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire stuff, and then we saw the Barry Bonds trying to break the record and all that stuff. So if you were, in, not you, but people listening, if anyone was following that, that's a movie I think you need to see, to see, like, where that chase began with, the with like, the guys who created it, essentially, and made it famous, in a more newer time generation instead of going back to like Babe Ruth days, like Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris a little more current, not as current, but a little more current. Yeah. It, it was I remember watching a, a making of that movie too, because that was an HBO movie originally. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's Thomas Jane as Mickey Mantle and mm-hmm. Thomas Jane who had never played baseball in his entire life. <laughs> had to learn how to basically become Mickey Mantle, you know, yeah. and that's that's not just like copying a swing, but also they have like that Mickey Mantle swagger, mm-hmm. uh, and I I thought that was like in a really impressive uh, transition, and also I I forget who it was, oh gosh, do you remember who who it was who was playing Whitey Ford? Michael Anthony Michael Hall. That's Anthony it. Michael Hall. Michael C Hall was Dexter. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, I'm gonna have to edit that around a little bit. <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, and he everyone in that movie is just. I mean, the casting, the writing, the acting, just phenomenal. Well, the interesting thing about, about Anthony Michael Hall, or Anthony, <laughs> yeah, Anthony Michael Hall, I got it right this time. Yes. The interesting part about Anthony Michael Hall's portrayal as, as Whitey Ford is he's not left-handed. So they mm-hmm. made him wear a, a uniform with all the logos on the wrong side so they could flip the film around. Oh, wow. Okay. So they could make it, you know, so that he didn't have to do anything different. They would just reverse the film and make him a left-hander. Wow, that's interesting. I did not know that. That's crazy. There's some really crazy stuff with that flick that I was like, man, that's impressive. And also, it's it's directed by Billy Crystal, super Yankee fan. Yeah, so, and how could you go wrong? I mean, if you are a Billy Crystal fan and you love baseball, this is the movie for you. Yeah. I, 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 I've been recommending it to people ever since the first time I saw it. I saw it on, I think, like you said, HBO, and I went out and bought it like that. I had to have yeah. it. I, I agree. I think, it's, I think it's pretty underrated and a little bit overlooked because everyone hates the Yankees, and I get that. Yeah, it's just a it's a phenomenal story, and I, people need to be watching it. Mm-hmm. And what do you got next, my friend? Keep rolling. So, so sixty one was my number nine. Okay. My number eight, I'm gonna go with the original, not the remake. Original Bad News Bears. Ooh, I have the original Bad News Bears so high on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, we we, we kind of talked about it uh, the last time I had my brother on. We were talking about the Fourth of July movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause, because and we ended up with like three baseball movies on our on our list for the for that episode, it was, which was pretty crazy because we had not talked about this that ahead of time. Um, mm-hmm. But that that is a movie that is just woven into uh, my childhood, my brother's childhood, obviously your childhood. Uh, we wore that VHS out every summer. Oh yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's such a classic, just hilarious, beautiful movie. I love it. I was I love that movie so much. I was looking at. Um, jerseys on amazon oh like, i've done that a couple times too yeah. see <laughs> yeah, we're, we're on the same page with that gotta get that chico's bail but, bonds baby exactly but like walter Matthau is like the curmudgeon old coach just it's beautiful and you know not to like be an advocate for uh, a, a derogatory speech but i mean tanner boyle come on oh, yeah. <laughs> like 
you watch that scene, and you know, like, I shouldn't be laughing, but this is really funny. <laughs> well, it's a sign of the time sort of stuff, but the kids are just so, it's like the Mighty Ducks, but just so vulgar. So foul-mouthed. Over the top. Yeah, so foul-mouthed. Yeah. Uh, That's what makes it so beautiful. No, and the end of the and the end of the film is so good, and and as as a kid watching that, you know the the the, the winning's not everything, but playing the game the right way kind of thing. You know, like I, the, it's a story that resonates in so many different levels as, as just a, as a kid, but as an adult, you can watch it and be like, this is a great story too. And the the way the parents are, it's it's kind of prescient in a way. Mm-hmm. It, it it's a really it's a, I think the I think the original holds up really really well. The remake was a you know it was alright, but. Not great. Yeah, but if, if, when we're doing a 10 list, you got to do original. Yeah, I agree 100%. Bad News Re- Bears, great call, my friend. Absolutely. So that was my number eight. Nice. All you right. are saying your number nines and eights, or do you want me to keep going? No, I'll give you my next one. Okay. And we'll just Wait, kinda, is this your nine? Yeah, I think so. I think we're on okay. nine. <laughs> um, and again, this one's a little bit of, uh, it's, a, it's a little saccharine, it's a little sweet, uh, but I do like it, and that would be... The Rookie with Dennis Quaid. Mmm, nice. You know, it. I, I, I've heard that uh, in real life that guy's not as great as, you know, as the movie <laughs> makes him out to be. But right. I, I, I want to buy the Hollywood story because I enjoy it so much. And mm-hmm. I think Dennis Quaid does a great job of being this kind of broken down pitcher who's maybe not as broken down as he thinks he is. He's just coaching high school baseball and he's, he's taking care of these kids and he's doing a great job as, the, as this high school baseball coach. And it turns out his arm's kind of like healed up from the injury he thought he had that would cost him a career in, in Major League Baseball and seeing that, that <laughs> path to becoming a pro again. I don't know. It, it, I think it's a really interesting story. And even if the guy in, in real life isn't as nice as maybe he is portrayed to be, I, I like that movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. Unfortunately, I didn't. that was another one that almost made my list, but mm-hmm. it didn't quite make it. But I totally agree with you on that being a great classic movie. Yeah, I can just watch it and, ha- and have a nice time. Uh, again, it's, I know it's sweet. It's a little Disney. It obviously, it's very Disney. But hey, mm-hmm. it's yeah. But I put, a- okay I put Angels that. in the Outfield on mine, which is like the biggest tearjerker <laughs> from that generation. Fair Disney. enough. So. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the same page with that. All right, my friend, you can go next. So my number seven. After talking to you earlier today, privately via text, I have a feeling you're going to punch me through the screen. <laughs> but. I do have a reason why I put it so like a little lower on my list. And the reason why is because like we talked about the rewatchability and the dramatic aspect of it, the touching aspect, the sort of like crushing your heart and making you want to like sort of cry a little bit mm-hmm. and stuff, or maybe a lot of it. That's why it's not as rewatchable, even though I do own the deluxe version of it. So don't Ooh. take me wrong as if I don't like it because it's higher on the list. Arts deluxe. I do have the deluxe version. But number seven, I put Field of Dreams. Hey, Field of Dreams is awesome. It's a classic. And if you're, I mean, that that really should have been in my top five. Mm-hmm. But, and I, my approach to this was if I were on a desert island and I was going to like grab 10 movies and watch them over and over and over again, it would definitely be there. But I don't know that I'd watch it every day. Part like for a laugh. Yeah. You know? No, no, I totally agree with you. And, and as I've gotten older, that, that, that movie and what it says to me, what it what it's what it's speaking about, um, is so different from when I was a kid when it first came out. You know, mm-hmm. when you're when you're a kid, you're watching it and you're you're kind of more into the into the baseball centric aspects of it. But as now a a forty year old man, I watch it and I I cry like a little baby at the end. Yeah. 
When, and when that's it, what I'm saying is I don't necessarily want to cry every day. Exactly. So you know, yeah, you don't. You're not. You're not. Again, you're not popping this on Friday night for a for a popcorn flick. Yeah, and if you were like having a, your first date, you wouldn't be like, "I got the movie for you." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Only if you're trying to show off how sensitive you are. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you're right. I am marriage material. Watch this and see see how much I cry. No, I I love that. I love Field of Dreams. It's so good. And 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 James Earl Jones's speech alone oh God. about baseball is just mm-hmm. fucking magic. Yes, I, I have I have no problem. I totally understand why it's it's sort of in the back half of your list. I got no problem with that as long as it's on the list because I think it's got to be on the list. Yeah, if you're doing a baseball list and that isn't on there, you need to restart your baseball movie watching uh, journey yeah. from square one. Yeah, Ag- agreed. And it, it, it's a really great cast and a fun movie to watch. You know, you got Kevin Costner and Amy Madigan, uh, Ray Liotta, a shoeless Ray Joe. Ray Liotta. Yeah. yeah, very young Ray Liotta, no less. <laughs> and, yeah, and obviously James Earl Jones. It's crazy. We're talking. I can already see different actors being in numerous movies on both of our lists moving forward, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. 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 I, I also think that ended up being the final role for Burt Lancaster as a Moonlight really? Graham. I think he died shortly after, uh, or shortly after that was, that was finished. Wow. So, uh, Arch- Archibald Moonlight Graham was his last, last role. Insane. That's yeah, crazy. Pretty wild. Uh, but I mean, that movie goes down in history, history, because you, you think about movies throughout the history of cinema where they you take things from them, like things that you can say in any room and people will be able to say, I've never seen that movie, but I know it's from. Mm-hmm. Like if you were to walk into a crowded room and yell, Luke, I'm your father, everyone <laughs> would be like, oh, Star Wars, of course. Yeah. But the you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. That's used in daily life from everyone throughout the entire world. And it's, it, it's impact on, on uh, culture yeah. is undeniable. Is anyone listening right now... Uh, uh... Who, who might be a father and has a young son or son trying to reconnect with their father. Like this might be the movie that could do that for you. Just, yeah. just put it out there because this movie made me look at my dad in a completely different way as it became, as I became a much more middle-aged person. Mm-hmm. So again, th- this movie speaks to me on so many different levels than it has as I've aged. So always worth rewatching field of dreams. Absolutely. And oh. if anyone doesn't have it, let me know. I will let you borrow the, I have like the two disc one. I'm sure you probably do too, but <laughs> I think I might. Maybe I'll. Let I know I definitely have. A, I definitely have a DVD copy. I don't know if it's a two disc one though. I might have to see what's on that second disc. Yeah, I just have the. Um, it's not like a Blu-ray special or anything. It's like back when DVDs used to yeah. be like two disc limited edition. Mine's definitely an old DVD. It's not a Blu-ray. I know that. Yeah, yeah. All we right. Probably have the same. Nice. So that was my number seven. Are you going with uh, your next one? Yeah, let me get my next one in here. And again, this kind of stretches. It, it, it's it's centered around baseball, but the movie has so much more to say uh, than than what's going on between the white lines. Uh, and that would be that would be forty two, the, the Jackie Robinson movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Chadwick Bosman, Black Panther okay. himself as Jackie Robinson. Uh, it's it's a mm-hmm. really great flick. The the baseball is kind of secondary because it's it's basically a civil rights movie in in a lot of ways, and mm-hmm. and, and the kind of like the the struggle to to integrate baseball. But a lot like In and Out, a lot like Sixty One, it's a it's a it's a powerful piece of, of baseball history. Uh, I think Chadwick Boseman's performance is great. I think Harrison Ford's performance as Branch Rickey is really great. Um, and it, it, it's it's an important picture, which mm-hmm. as we get to the top of my list, let importance goes down quite a bit. So I had to get this on my list right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
And you know, I know, I know it's about uh, Dodger, <laughs> but well, what do you think? I, uh, to be completely honest, that's the one on probably both of our lists I have not seen yet. Okay. Okay. Oh, fair it's enough. I know it's insane. I love baseball more than most things on this planet, but for some reason, we were actually talking about it last night in the house. Tab's like, "Why haven't we watched 42 yet?" And it's like, I don't know the like. We find this is not the topic for this show at all. But it took us a, it, it took me personally a really long time to watch that movie Selma that came out. Oh sure, and that movie just like destroyed me, just ripped me to pieces. And it's taking me a while to get into Forty Two, just to be completely honest, because I'm I know it's going to probably do the same thing to me. And I'm like, I just need to make sure I'm in the right headset because I know it's going to crush me in so many different ways that uh. It's on our list to watch, but we just haven't done it yet. And I, it's it's stupid. It's crazy that I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, you know, and one of the uh, it, uh, there's there's so many things to talk about. Obviously, Jackie was was a was a forced to kind of become a larger life person, like kind of become like this figurehead in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And the movie does a, does a good job of addressing that. But I, I I hope people who haven't seen it yet will watch it and kind of be interested in in learning about more about Jackie's life even after baseball and, and some of the mm-hmm. struggles that, that kept coming up his way. And, tr- and again, trying to live up to this reputation as the guy who broke the segregation barrier, but within the context of the film, just seeing all the things they had to deal with, not just from people like, like the fans who hated him and hated the idea of, of a, of a black man playing baseball, but the, 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 the racism within the game itself is, mm-hmm. is really uh, uh, powerful. And, and with everything going on in the world right now, uh, I, I think Forty Two is a movie that people should should consider checking out if they haven't, or if it's been a little while since they saw it last. Yeah, I'm gonna have to put that on my immediate watch because I don't know why I haven't. And I considered watching it last night, so I was prepared because I had a feeling it would come up. And I was like, do I really want to be the idiot who says I haven't seen one of the movies we're talking about? And I was like, I just don't think I, with all the stress going on right now, and I know that's like a privileged thing to say, I get it. But with all the stuff going on, I was like, I don't know if I can put myself in that mindset right now because I'm trying to stay as positive as possible. And I know that's going to put me in a weird place and it's going to just like probably crush me and might crush my soul. But it's definitely on my list and I'm, I, I promise you I will watch it. No, and listen, I totally understand where you're coming from. I mean, uh, there, there are days where I, I, just, I, I just can't deal. And I just, I don't even turn the TV on. I just kind of like sit in the dark and, and try to forget about everything for the day. Cause I'm just like, I need to clear my mind. So I, I, I definitely understand that, that mentality, but when, when you're feeling up for it, it's there and it's a good time. It, well, awesome. good. <laughs> I say good time, but you know what I it's, mean? I it's a good movie. I it's get, I get your movie. point. Yeah. I totally get your, I get your yeah, point. Yeah. It's not a, it's a barrel full of belly labs or anything, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not beer league is what you're it's saying. Not... <laughs> no, but that's on my list now. So we both have homework today. There, hey, perfect. All right, cool. All right, Yours is def- the one you're giving me is definitely more <laughs> significant, but hey, hey, at least we both have some recommendations for each other. Artie Lang, Jackie Robinson, basically the same guy. <laughs> so you want me to move on to my number six? Yeah, what do you got, bud? Okay, so from six on, we're moving into, aside from one movie, we're moving into sort of like the fun area of my list. I, I think this is where we're going to have a lot of crossover. Okay, so number six, and you could, I don't know if this will be on your list or not, maybe it is, but, and I'm curious what your thoughts are. Number six, which is, it's crazy that this is higher than some of the movies I've mentioned already, I understand that. But number six, because of rewatchability, I'm going Little Big League, (laughs) the Twin Cities. (laughs) I had a feeling 
again, I had a feeling this might make you realize you're a couple years younger than me. So like that was definitely right in your wheelhouse. See, and that's one of the things we talked about last night, not to give away ages or anything like that, but I even mentioned to, to Tab, but I think Tom's might be a little bit more of like a dramatic historic take because you are a little bit older. You sure. may not have that. I don't know if you were as like ingrained with little big league, like I want to manage a baseball team when I'm 12. No, you know? I, trust me, I get it. And I, I have no problem with you having it on your list at all. <laughs> I, just, just I, so just, fun. I just can't wait to see where you have rookie of the year. <laughs> is it is it on the list who knows ooh, ooh. that's what we call a tease in the industry folks that's what keep right. you listening where did rookie of the year fall right so little <laughs> big league is that something that you it didn't make my list personally but like i don't have a again i don't have a problem with you having it on your list I, I, again it's like every little kid's dream like i'm gonna own a major league baseball team and i'm gonna put myself on it exactly yeah <laughs> and it's the twins and this is kind of I thought it was interesting that it was the Twins because I always thought, like, I, I think I always thought that you needed to have, like, the big loser team. And mm-hmm. I know the Twins had a low point, but they'd already had, like, two World Series titles by this point, too. Right, yeah. It's not like you're, yeah, it's not like the loser crap team. It's actually a somewhat decent, well-known, loved team. Mm-hmm. So it's funny to see that it's, but it's also the Twins. It's a team that, like, doesn't get talked about quite as, maybe in the in the East Coast or Midwest it does, but out here... That's one team you definitely see. You probably see more Devil Rays hats than Twins hats. Oh, shit. That might be true. Might be true. (laughs) So Little Big League, that's my number six. I was wondering where you would stand on that. Uh, No, no, no. I think you're okay. I think you're A-okay. Okay. Okay. Uh, Let me see. I'm kind of of mixing my list around as we go because I'm like, oh, I don't like where that's at now. It's so subjective. Um, it, it is. And I actually made two lists. I made a list and then I made a second one. And I, once I made the second one, I was like, that's stone. I'm not changing it. <laughs> I think I'm going to put it. Oof. I'm going to put it at six, but it's a movie that I really, 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 really enjoy. Um, but it, it paints a slightly different picture than reality. So that's why I kind of bump it down to six. Okay. Moneyball. Ooh, okay. I think the story of Moneyball. Uh, is fantastic. I read that book cover to cover. It was mm-hmm. fascinating. I really enjoy the movie with 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 uh, Brad Pitt and and Jonah Hill. Yeah. Uh, but the film, the, this is like the knock. My knock on the film is that they paint this picture of like we're going to be form this team of like like scrub athletes who can get on base and score runs that mm-hmm. that nobody else wants. I remember that o- Oakland A's team. Mm-hmm. They. <laughs> They had Mark Mulder, they had Barry Zito, they had Tim Hudson, they had Miguel Tejada, they had Eric Chavez. Like, they had all-star players on the team. Right, yeah, Barry Zito was, went on to make, like, a record-breaking contract back in those days. Yeah, 100%. Like, I, I, I get it. Like, t- Scott Hatterberg was a total reclamation project that worked out in their favor. But, he, mm-hmm. you know, Ricardo Racone, the same deal. But they had really good players, too. But they did, yeah. Because it didn't really fit the narrative of the film, they they kind of like, oh, we won't talk about that too much. But yeah. the film itself is great, and and the deconstructing of the scouting process and then the reevaluation of of numbers. Now, I, again, Mike Mike Pratt, our friend, will hate this because it led to all the analytics that he can't stand. But this movie kind of like was the movie that kind of peeled back what baseball was really all about. In a, in a lot as far as like statistical analysis as opposed to what a player looks like. Yeah, and that's one of the cool things about that movie, and I think it it's not on my list, unfortunately, but I see why it's on yours, because it has the significant, the historic significance 
wrapped around that movie because it really did change the game moving forward. Well, and, and as a as a fan and, and as as somebody who who played the game and became older and was like, well, I'll never play the game. You kind of become interested, like, well, maybe I could run a team. <laughs> you know, right? You kind of get you yeah. want, you kind of want to be Billy Bean and, and exactly, figure out the yeah. best way to assemble a team. Um, right. But the, the, I'm telling you, those scenes where where uh, Brad Pitt's sitting in with the scouts and he's listening to the scouts talk and say the most asinine things ever. Ugly girlfriend means no confidence. Okay. Oh, no, you guys are full of it. Artie is right. This guy's got an attitude. An attitude is good. I mean, it's the kind of guy walks into a room. His dick has already been there for two minutes. Yeah, he passes the eye candy test. He's got the looks. He's ready to play the part. He just needs to get some playing time. I'm just saying, his girlfriend is a six at best. Look, if we're trying to replace the zombie, this guy could be it. I agree with you. Damn, Billy, was that a suggestion? Guys are just talking. Talking la 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 like this is business as usual. It's not. We're trying to solve the problem here, Billy. Not like this. You're not, you're not even looking at the problem. We're very aware of the problem. I mean... Okay, good. What's the problem? Look, Billy. We all understand what the problem is. We have to okay, replace... Okay, good. What's the problem? The problem is we have to replace three key players in our nope. lineup. What's the problem? Same as it's ever been. We've got to replace these guys with what we have existed. No, nope. what's the problem, Barry? We need 38 home runs, 120 RBIs, and 47 doubles to replace. The problem we're trying to solve is that there are rich teams and there are poor teams. Then there's 50 feet of crap, and then there's us. It's an unfair game. And now we've been gutted, like organ donors for the rich. Boston's taking our kidneys, Yankees taking our heart, and you guys are sitting around talking the same old good body nonsense, like we're selling jeans, like we're looking for Fabio. We got to think differently. Have you read the book? No, I have not read the book. There, one of the guys who was... I actually own it, I think, but I just haven't read it yet. I got it recently, but I haven't actually picked it up. One of the scouts who was like... I think he was the head of scouting in the book became the Potter's head of scouting, too. And I was like, oh, that's a bad idea. Oh, really? <laughs> but that was, that, was a, that was a while ago. That was a couple of uh, administrations ago in Potter's history. Mm. But, uh, I mean... Again, I guess I just liked that whole deconstructing of that process. I really, really enjoyed the movie in a lot of ways. It is, it's, it is totally a fun movie, but yeah, they do kind of neglect the fact that they had three all-star pitchers, uh, you know, and, and th- uh, an all-star uh, third baseman and shortstop. <laughs> right. Yeah. They, they, well, they can't say that because otherwise the narrative is weird. Exactly. Exactly. Like, but uh, fun movie. Exactly. I just rewatched it a couple weeks ago and I was like, this is, this is a good time. Nice. Well, I, I need to rewatch again, and I need to pick that book up. I just have I've been doing a couple other books before that, but I definitely want to get into that. There's another one we don't need to get into book talk, but that knuckleball book or whatever. That's another, or is that a movie? I think it's both. Yeah, I want to see and read that next yeah. as well. Nice. So, but anyway, so going on to five of mine. You want me to do my number five? Do it. Hopefully, this doesn't piss you off too bad because it's. Why, why do you think I'm gonna get mad? Well, <laughs> Because you know baseball, you know movies more than I. I just don't want to be offensive towards you. You bring, you bring all, me on man. your show. Everyone's opinion, everyone is, everyone's opinion is valid on this podcast. I am not going to tear anyone down. Okay, good. Well, I appreciate it. But this one, I, this one I assume is on your list, and I assume it's higher than it is on mine. So number five for me, I'm going Bull Durham. Nice. 
Nice. That's a classic. That's a, that's a movie that if you love baseball and you love movies, if you don't watch that, you're crazy. That movie is just perfect. Agreed. Love, and it's another, like we said, um, another mention of a, an actor who's already been mentioned on the list, Kevin Costner, coming in as Crash. As great, Crash Davis. Great I, movie. It's it's just it's it's sweet. It's funny. It's great, and it's not necessarily about MLB. Yeah, <laughs> which is cool. Life in the minors, which is is often overlooked, and and you know we we kind of see how not glamorous it is compared to life in the pros. Right. Uh, no, I I agree with this one hundred percent. I love the stuff, even though I've heard some ball players say that it's not really like that. But I mm-hmm. love the stuff where like you're kind of in Crash's head when he's in the batter batter's box and mm-hmm. all that stuff because I love the the way that it kind of shows. Uh, I, I forget who said it exactly, but someone was like, you know, baseball is like 90% mental and 10% physical. And mm. that's the way I always looked at the game when I played. I was like, cause I was always in my head, <laughs> which yeah. is, which is why I'm sitting here doing a podcast and uh, <laughs> not playing baseball somewhere. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with my lack of ability or my weight or anything like that. It's all mental. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. It's all in your head. It, that led trip- to everything else. <laughs> well, you hear like in real life with baseball players, it's like, well, he's in a slump. He's in a slump. Or like, you know, Manny Machado hasn't hit a home run his first year of the Padres for, you know, a week and a half or whatever. And like, well, as soon as you get the first one out of the way, it's going to, it's all yeah. uphill, downhill from there. And it, that's all a mental thing. You know, you, if you're a power hitter and you don't hit a home run for two and a half weeks to be start the season, not calling anyone specific out, you're going to start getting in your head. And it's all, you got to get out of that mindset to be successful. Yeah. And, and Crash has the best advice for the the young Nuke Lelouch, which is, don't think, just throw. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and Susan Saranda and Tim Robbins. Yeah, they're, they're it's a fantastic cast. Uh, the only, I, I again a movie I watched re- recently because with no baseball, I've been watching a lot of baseball flicks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get really sad at the third act. You know, when, no, when, no. when Crash is released after Nuke gets gets called up to the majors, and it kind of ends almost sad. In, in a way, as he just kind of like tries to finish out the season, uh, you know, just traveling around. And we, and we don't follow the story of the rest of the of the Durham Bulls, but still a spectacular baseball movie. I love it. It's it's got about it's about baseball. It's about love. It's about a lot of different things. It has some yeah. of my favorite lines ever. When 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 Susan Sarandon's character like busts into into Crash Davis's apartment mm-hmm. and she starts quoting William Blake to him. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Who dresses you? Who dresses you? I mean, do you think this is a little excessive for the Carolina League? The road of excess leads to the Palace of Wisdom, William Blake. What, William Blake? William Blake. What, William Blake? William Blake! What do you mean, William Blake? I mean, William Blake! Who are you? I mean, do you do you have a job? I teach part-time at Alamance Junior College. English 101 and beginning composition. You know, having a conversation with you is like a is 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 like a Martian talking to a fungo. Oh, cute! And that makes me laugh every time. I, scene, I feel like I think of that scene every time I think of that movie too, because it's just it's classic. <laughs> so much, so much classic stuff there. It's so good, and a, a movie from the late '80s that maybe if you're if anyone younger is listening to this show, give it a watch. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. It is. It's a fun movie, and, and it, it's just and it's just a great classic flick. And also, it has a connection to 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 Padre history, uh, because they they took one of Tommy Lasorda's lines that he used about about Kirk Bavacqua back in the day. Really? Yeah, there's that line uh, when 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 Crash and Nuke first meet at the bar, and they're mm-hmm. going to go out into the back alley and have a fight, 
and uh, Crash tells Nuke that he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a fucking boat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lasorda said that about Bavacqua, like, back in the 80s or whatever. Right, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so a little pottery, pottery history in there, too. I love that. That's great. <laughs> so good. Oh, I love that pick. So great call. Five. So that's my number five. Where are you going next? I'm going with A League of Their Own. Ooh, okay. Got to give the ladies their love, right? Absolutely. This, I agree. This is a totally fun movie about the rise of the of the All-Women's Baseball League during World War II. Uh, again, great performances. Gina Davis, Tom Hanks, uh, Lori Petty. You can get some Lovitz in there if, you, if you're a fan of him and his shtick. You get a little Rosie O'Donnell, who's phenomenal Rosie in O'Donnell, it. Rosie O'Donnell, Madonna. Madonna, and Madonna with the classic song for it. Yeah. I think Elite of Their Own is really, really, really good Though I'm still convinced that she drops the ball on purpose at the end. That's the only I, part that makes me mad. Not saying that I disagree with you. <laughs> I'm not going to say I disagree with you. You know, again, another movie with what with awesome lines. You know, there's no crying in baseball and and yeah. all all that stuff. I, I think it's a really good movie. And it, but it's also it's not just about baseball and the and the love of the game, but it's about the camaraderie and the friendship that comes along with being part of a team. Mm-hmm. And then it's also about sisters and sisterhood. And and I, I love all of that. I think it's really really a strong flick. It holds up nicely. And has a lot to do with, you know, breaking the barriers with, uh, you know, gender women, roles. you know, genders not being respected for the, the way they should be respected. And it plays a lot in that is in a, like educational role and historic role. It's also one of those movies that we talked about where there's a lot of there's a ton of comedy in it. But there's also like the soul shattering sadness that happens in it as well. And like, if you can walk out of that movie with your eyes dry. I don't know what's going on. That's because that movie is a crusher in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, when I was a teen, I was more mad. You dropped the ball, but yeah, as an adult, I agree with you hundred percent. Cause I get the story on different levels now. <laughs> yeah. When they, go, when they go to the museum and the, I forget the kid's name now, but the son who was there cause the mom passed. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. Oh, I forgot about that scene. Oh my God. That's so good. Yeah. Like when the, cause the, the little boys in the, in the clubhouse, being a little pain in the ass the whole mm-hmm. time. Yep. And then when they grow, I forget the kid's name now, which sucks, but uh, he comes to the museum opening because the mom passed and it's just, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking, but it's also beautiful. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm going to watch that next too. I'm going to watch that in I, beer league. <laughs> that, that actually is, we talked last night and uh, my wife's like, so are, can we watch a league of their own soon? I was like, yeah, let's watch it tomorrow. <laughs> so people be watching that tonight. Perfect. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. Uh, for you, what do you have next, my friend? So number four, the mystery comes to an end. Number four, rookie of the year. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Amazing, amazing movie. And we, you were, you were with me when we met him thomas e nichols that's at Comic-Con. right at comic-con yeah and he was selling uh the jersey you could buy the jersey from him and he also sells a baseball card of him that he'll autograph and send you for like four bucks which is kind of expensive but also cool but we did meet him at comic-con and he was he's still repping that role he's still promoting that thing and he's still embracing it and i love it the movie is just we just watched it during quarantine when we've been working from home mm-hmm. We put it on and rewatched it, and it's just so fun. It's so heartwarming, and just so it's like a cute, fun movie. And 
it's just I don't know. It's it's hard to explain, but it's just classic for me. And maybe it ha- does have to do with like you talked about. I'm a little younger, and and I grew up like watching him. Like I want, I wish that would happen to me. Like if I went and broke my arm, could I pitch for the Cubs? You know, well, I, mean? I, was, I was just gonna say the real reason you like it is because you're a secret Cubs fan. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but like all the lines in it, like pitchers got a big butt and all that stuff. It's it's funny. Classic. The, the the scene I still remember and laugh at when I think of it is is when he's at the doctor's office and he hits the doctor in the nose and the doctor yells out "funky butt loving." Yeah. <laughs> and his yeah. buddy's like, "Did he just say funky butt loving?" Yeah. That's it's what I remember. Pretty, yeah, I love when he's in the outfield and he throws the ball from the outfield stands to the catcher and the catcher catches it and he like flies back ten feet. <laughs> he just got such a strong arm from breaking his shoulder or whatever. It's just a goofy movie, but it's so fun, and it's just like it holds up really well. And if you're an adult or you've got kids and you want to watch a fun movie, it just fits the bill. Nice, nice, good family flick. Absolutely, good for the fun for the whole family. And hit us with your next one, bud. Number three, which is I got a little flack last night, and I might get flack from you. Number three, not number two or one. Number three, The Sandlot. That's where I have Sandlot. You do. Yeah. Hey, now we're That's right exactly on point. Exactly where okay. I have the Sandlot. I so love I the Sandlot, one, but it's number three, top five for sure. Yeah, I, I. You know, this is one of the ones we talked about on the Fourth of July show. It's I such was a. Say, it's it, a Fourth of July movie. Yeah, it's such a great kind of piece of Americana, and uh, you know, I, I again I talked about it on the show with like the Fourth of July when they run out to play baseball underneath the fireworks. Yeah. Fucking magical. But again, this just this great story about friendship and, and how baseball brings these kids together who seem very, very different. Uh, yeah. and, and the bonds that kind of connect them. I love The Sandlot. You can, again, another movie you can just watch a thousand times and have a nice <laughs> nice night. James Earl Jones as well another, in this movie. An, another repeat actor. Yeah. Uh, you know, sure, the guy goes to become a Dodger for some reason, but whatever. Why that had to happen, who knows? But yeah, I get you. <laughs> But just the, the way it ends with Smalls in the in the announcing booth announcing the game and Benny, you know, winning the game, mm-hmm. and they like doing the hat nod at the end to each other as he rounds third and touches home. It's just such a beautiful movie. Why why I, neither of us put that at number one? We'll find out later in the show. But still, top three for sure. Top yeah, agreed. And I think you have. Uh, the hat that Smalls wears at the beginning, right? The super long bill for going fishing with. You own oh, that, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah. I do have that. Yeah. <laughs> I also have the babe ball all chewed up by Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> the beast. The beast. Yeah. Sorry. I said Hercules, but the beast. Yeah. The uh, And just think about like all the one liners from that movie. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. How many, movie, how many lines from that movie do all of us probably quote day in and day out, not even realize it? No, you're killing me, Smalls is like always in, the, in my repertoire. Absolutely. And then uh, what was uh, what do they call this? Sh- they say he says something funny about the s'more, the Malo. I said that on Beer Nine San Diego recently <laughs> instead of Marshmallow. I said Malo at, oh, because of Sam. Right, right, right. And uh, I forget who. Well, I think Noah was like, Malo, why do you say like that? It's like, well, it's it, that's just being ingrained in my brain from the Sandlot when they're teaching smalls how to make s'mores. And they say you take the Malo, you put it on the chocolate. And it's like that. Just the way he says it, is it? And then even like forever, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yes. It's and, all perfect. Well, and fucking Noah. I mean, that guy's like 12 years old. He probably have not even seen the Sandlot yet. 
He may not. He may. I don't even know if he was born when that was out. No, no, I doubt it. <laughs> I'm actually going to text him when we're done and ask him. I'll let you know what he says. Perfect. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, so as, as we work our way up the list, we're to my number two. Uh, yes. My number two may be different from yours. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it is because you've already mentioned my number two. Oh, oh my. Uh, I have The Natural. Ooh, all right. And this is kind of an old, old school pick in a lot of ways. I think this came out like the mid '80s. But Robert Redford uh, mm-hmm. as Roy Hobbs, and and the, the the story of a guy who's gonna become the next phenom of the game, but mm-hmm. ends up hanging out with the wrong crowd and blah 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 blah. I a great movie about the love of the game and and yeah. trying to overcome adversity and, and get your life back on track. You know, trying to get get right with yourself and. Mm-hmm. I think that the natural is fantastic, and it's actually one of the first examples to me of a movie that was uh, improved over the book. Oh right, okay. The, bo- the book, fuck the book, throw the book out the window. Watch the movie. Uh, Barry Levinson directed it. Robert, obviously, Robert Redford, Wilford Brimley's in this movie. Kim Basinger's in this movie. You got Robert Duvall's movie. The cast is top notch. Yes, and it, it, this this does fall into ca- the category of a, of a drama because it is. Uh, mm-hmm. Real-ish, <laughs> you right, know. Right, right. You know the New York Knights are a made-up team, but every other team in there is real. So you, you, have, you got the Pirates and the Reds and the whatevers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it, but it's old-timey baseball. It's America's. You know, this is this is a movie that I think definitely uh, uh, epitomizes the America America's pastime aspect of the game. Um, but Redford's so good. Redford's so good as as Roy Hobbs, and and I uh, I overlook Glenn Close's role, but Glenn Close is in this movie as well, and I. <laughs> The all-star cast. Yeah, you know, it's not full of belly laughs, but you know, there's enough lightheartedness in it. Uh, I think yeah, the, I think yeah, the natural yeah. is awesome. And yeah. if you're looking historic baseball movies, as far as cinema goes, that's in there. That well, works. And, and one of those movies too that that you know, like, like kind of like we talked about the drama of the game within the game. You know, mm-hmm. that that last at bat of Roy Hobbs, you know, batter versus pitcher. What's going to happen? He's like bleeding out in his jersey. You know, yeah. you're like, oh my god, like this guy's going to fucking die. Right, <laughs> I think it's really good. I think it holds up really nicely, and it it kind of has that magic of the game. You know, I mean, every sport can have like these these miraculous endings, but but baseball has baseball is known to have these endings where you're like, I never thought I'd see that ever, and mm-hmm. it happens. You know, very often, you know, bottom of the ninth magic kind of stuff, and this is the movie that encapsulates that the best to me. And that's one of the great things about baseball is. The unknown and unexpected could happen at any time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why you, you know people always say baseball. Baseball is boring. Baseball is so slow. It's like no, no, no. no. <laughs> you got to watch the whole thing. It's like a fucking play. Yeah, yeah. It's like an opera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really is. It, it, it's 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 that. It's a game of chess. I mean, there's there's so many different things happening. It's such a multifaceted game that people just look at the surface and they see like, oh, it's slow. You're just waiting for this guy to hit it, and it's like, no, no, no. There's there's a ton going on. And that, what you said about this movie in particular, the you know pitcher versus batter, that's one of the arguments I feel like I get into most when someone's like, "Why do you watch baseball? It's so boring. It's so slow." Like the the battle between a pitcher at like the best of the best versus a hitter who's at the best of the best, trying to get this little ball that is moving past this person who, if it's in the wrong spot, is going to hit it 500 feet. Mm-hmm. You have to defeat that person. It really is, like you said, a game of chess. You know, it's it's, and you said it's all mental, or mostly mental. 
that you have to look under the surface on the top of the, sur- like people could say, well, football is just barbaric. It's just a bunch of guys grabbing each other and tackling each other and stuff and this and that. But there's different, there's so many aspects to it. And in baseball, you're trying to get this little ball with movement past someone that if you make one little mistake, that ball is going to get hit into orbit. Yeah. And there's all this stuff to it. That's just, that's what makes it beautiful to me. And that movie shows cases that the beauty of that. Yeah. I, I, again, I'm a big fan <laughs> if you haven't yeah. seen it because it is a movie that again came out in the mid 90s but with no baseball on on the MLB network they've been playing it like crazy so I've, I've got to watch it now's a lot time. <laughs> now's the time now is the time uh, I, I suspect we're going to end up in the same place but what do, you, what do you got next so for my number two I put a league of their own there you go right on which we talked about and so we don't need to go through it again but obviously a beautiful movie historic sad funny great just classic perfect movie so that's my number two so i think that means we have the same number one run <laughs> i would say we probably have the same number one what was your number two by the way oh the natural was oh the natural oh i thought that you said that was your three i apologize uh, no okay. sorry I, I think if i if i did i misspoke sorry no no okay so number one we both know what we have for number one then major league major league <laughs> How does it get any better than that movie? I don't think it does. I we, truly don't think it gets any better than Major League as far as baseball movies go. We wear caps and sleeves in this league, son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we talked about it last night, uh, Tab and I, because I, we went through this list together, you know, and I'm like, that movie's so perfect in so many ways because it's hysterical. But it's also, you know, similar to Bad News Bears, where it's, you know, the, the band of misfits who were put together specifically to suck. Yep. But they they rally together and come together specifically to to win to like prove that they are worth it. And then you have the catcher on his way out, you know. Yeah, the old savvy veteran and and yeah. the, the young, young upstart rookies and the unknowns and the washed out, you know. Oh uh, yeah. I I think it's fantastic. The the writing the, not the writing necessarily, but like uh the dialogue Mm-hmm. Is is great. I love again another movie that shows kind of like the camaraderie of, of a baseball team. Yeah. Um, but as as someone who when I was a kid, I, I rooted for teams who never won anything. You mm-hmm. you know that feeling. I think a lot of us know that feeling. Yeah, I'm so, well aware. Yeah. So the movie kind of scratches that itch for wish fulfillment too, uh, because uh, David S. Ward, the writer and director, was a was a long suffering Indians fan, mm-hmm. and he's like, well, fuck it, I'll write a movie where they win. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I love that. I think that's so great. And uh, you know, you, you mentioned it. Uh, Tom Berenger and 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 uh, sorry, Tom Berenger and Charlie Sheen. And you got a young Wesley Snipes before he was evading taxes. And, yeah. And, <laughs> or killing vampires. Or killing vampires. You got uh, Dennis Hazard before he sold insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Corbin Burnson. Yeah. And then Corbin uh, Burnson is so good in that movie. <laughs> he makes me laugh He's so, so much. When uh, when Tom Berenger comes to his house to talk about the the the, the ball he let get by him, and he says, "What do you want me to die for it?" Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh God, it killed me. So good. And then the thing we haven't mentioned yet, the ultimate ultimate icon and legend, Joe Boo. Joe Boo, yeah, <laughs> the Eukster dude. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, I know. Euchre's. <laughs> I think Euchre sends the movie over the top for me. Like this, like that's really what crystallizes it. His uh, his play by play, his mm-hmm. uh, narration basically of the, of the story in a lot of ways. 
Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Yeah. If if someone out there has not listened, and I get it, it's the Milwaukee Brewers, you know, not necessarily where everyone's wheelhouse, but if you have access to, to uh, Sirius XM radio, you can get all the MLB stations. Mm-hmm. Go find a Brewers game to listen to and listen to Euchre. He does the home games. He's in traveling yeah. more. He's up there in age. Euchre is one of the best. He is probably the best in the game right now. Yeah, with, with Vin Scully retired, he's, yeah. Vin and then Jerry Coleman obviously passed a few years ago. Right, right. He's one of the last greats still calling on, on, on a semi-daily basis. But just the him in that movie playing that role and doing that, like, the just a bit outside. <laughs> like, come on, man. He tried the corner and he... missed. <laughs> What's that? He tried the corner and missed. Yeah, it just it doesn't get any better than that, and just like the the nailing of the the stealing uh, second gloves on the wall. Yeah, the Joe Boo, and then when they when they mess with Joe Boo and he goes crazy, and the bat just, goes flying through the air and hits him in the head. Yeah, <laughs> everything about that movie is just phenomenal. And Charlie Sheen, of course, another mention in this in this one. Uh, Wild Thing is one of the best characters in a in a. Best uh, fictional characters in any baseball movie. Yeah, yeah. The the, the transition of that character and the, the, the kind of like the the iconic well, when he gets like the black room glasses with the skull and crossbones in the center. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent. You know, I'm not a super legit baseball uh, historian, but like, I feel like that's what started closers getting entrance music. Was was oh, yeah. was a wild thing. Was was I that did? I think that was what kicked it all off. All these, all of a sudden, like when closers became more of a thing, they're like, "I, I want to do that. I want to run out of the bullpen with badass music playing." Yeah, and, I mean, could, and could be right. And you and I got to witness that like dozens and dozens of times with with Trevor and Hell's Bells. I mean, oh yeah, it, it was fucking magical. Like that stadium lit up every time those bells started chiming. Oh man! Even when you go to games and they bring him out as like a tribute and they start playing, when you hear those bells chime, yeah, you get chills, man. Like the whole, it's just a chilling thing to see that in real life. Essentially, the wild thing in real life. That's what Trevor Hoffman was to San Diego fans. I, I he think, was wild thing in real life. I think Charlie Sheen should be asking for kickbacks from MLB, from the MLB on that because I feel like every closer, you know, legit closer in the game, has some kind of entrance music now. So, I agree. <laughs> it's fucking wild. Like he, it, uh, whether whether it was intentional or not, Charlie Sheen in, in that movie changed baseball culture in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, and it made you know Euchre a household name, which he may not have been otherwise with being just you know calling. Uh, excuse sure me, he was on Mister Belvedere. Where have you been? Good point. Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> he, there's a great documentary about Euchre. I think it's called Mister Baseball. Um, oh really? It's it's fucking phenomenal. But it talks about how he used to do like Miller Lite commercials and all this great stuff. And his Miller Lite mm. commercials are hilarious because like he would be like there as like the celebrity endorser, but nobody knew who he was. <laughs> yeah, and all his appearances with Carson because Carson thought he was hilarious. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. I definitely, See, I, I remember the Miller commercials. I've seen those growing up back in those days, and they're, they're just awesome. Just he's a legend, absolute legend, and he's just a he's a small part of the legend of how great Major League is. I agreed, but I I do think he's part of like the the um, icing on the cake that kind of brings that movie together. You know, yes. if you just had like a random announcer pulling those lines, I don't think it pulls off as well. No, you got to have someone like you. Yeah, someone with a, with a great sense of humor, a great time, uh, comedic timing. You know, if if he if he wasn't busy trying to be a baseball player, he probably would have been a really great comedian. 
Absolutely, yeah. Well, nowadays you watch any baseball on TV and people mimic mimic Euchre. Yeah. They want to be like him. Like if you watch Padre games a couple times a week, I'm sure you're going to hear Mudcat on Padre TV games mention something. Like he'll do the just a bit outside stuff like yeah. that as a as a goof. Well, and it's funny too because because you know I, you know I recommended going to listen to Brewers games. It, it, don't get it wrong though; he's not Harry Doyle when he's doing a Brewers game. I mean, he calls, mm-hmm. but he calls a game really really well. Right. And, and he paints the picture that you need to hear when you listen to it in an audio format. Which is what Vin did so well. Which is what Jerry Coleman did so well, and and, and Ted Leitner does so well when mm-hmm. when he's doing games still. Uh, you, you know, San Diego's been pretty blessed with with great uh, with great announcers. Yeah, we have been. It's a bummer we lost Coleman. It's a shame that we lost Tony for many many reasons. For many reasons, agreed. You know, he he was on his way to becoming a phenomenal uh, announcer mm-hmm. on Padre games as well. I loved when Tony was in the booth. But now we get Gwyn Junior, which is which is great. I think I'm he's been a really nice addition. Yeah. And he, I mean, he definitely didn't continue the tradition on the field. So if he can continue the tradition in the booth, <laughs> let's do it. I agree with you. I think it's a pretty damn solid list of great baseball flicks, Cody. What'd you think? Oh, I would say that's the murderer's row of the best of the best. You got to oh, check it out. Another goddamn Yankees reference, though. We got to get rid of those. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, real quick, before you close up, I want to ask you, because this I couldn't put this on my list because it's not a movie. It's Ooh. a TV show. Oh. And I don't know if you saw it. It was an ESPN original. I have the DVD set if you want to borrow it and watch it if you haven't seen it because I think it's great. Have you seen or were you into The Bronx is Burning when that was airing? You know, I haven't. It's been on my list. Um, I, I briefly had ESPN Plus, and I know I saw it was on there, but I, I never got a chance to watch it before I ended my subscription to ESPN Plus. So I might be interested in, in borrowing that from you. I may need to drop that to you then because okay. it's – it is phenomenal. It's uh, what's his name? Let me look real quick. Yeah. Pause the save this. But uh, the cast on it is absolutely. So basically, Bronx is burning. Uh, the the TV show. It's about. Um, it's two stories in one, which is really cool because it's it's about the Reggie Jackson going on with um, with the Yankees, mm-hmm. but at the same time. At the, the same time that was going on, um, Son of Sam was terrorizing New York. Oh, right. Okay. So it's like two stories in one. So you're getting the Son of Sam story, but you're also getting the, you know, the Reggie, the Reggie Jackson, the George Stem, Steinbrenner. So it's Oliver Platt plays George Steinbrenner, does a great job. Uh, we got Reggie Jackson in it. And Billy Martin, played by John Turturro, is the one of the most Ooh. incredible performances in any baseball ever, because he has every single crazy mannerism and explosion. Anyone who knows Billy Martin, you know Tom. Billy Martin was a was a maniac on yes. the field. Yes, and, and Turo is him. Is that that's fascinating? He it's just such it's a great. It's only eight episodes. It's really short. It's quick. You know, eight like forty minute episodes. It's a must watch. And so I'll have to like bring that by and drop it for you so you can give it a whirl because I think you would really get a kick out of it. That's awesome. Well, if, if if I can recommend something to you real quick, then and, ma- and maybe you have seen it because uh, this falls in. I think this falls into the documentary category, but the the Jackie Robinson story mm. is is spectacular. Okay, I will definitely watch that. So you can do like a forty two and a Jackie Robinson story. Mm-hmm. Little, nice little uh, Jackie Robinson sandwich. I'm down with that. Maybe maybe the next show we need to do is baseball documentaries because there's a few popping up on my mind. We could probably dive into. Ooh. Well, until they make the. Uh, 
make the uh, the Steve Finley story. I'm not interested. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll make a Lincecum two shutouts against the Padres documentary. That'll be fun. Oh God! No, we need we need the uh, the the Jim Layrett story of the 1998 Padres. <laughs> there you go. Oh yeah, love that. <laughs> With his uh, battle ar- battle uh, battle armor elbow pad that he wore when he went to bat. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> let me ask you one question real quick before I let you go, my friend. Sure. Uh, and I, I, I think you're on my side on this, but I truly believe that there should only be one team in professional baseball allowed to wear black and orange. And I believe it's the Baltimore Orioles, not the San Francisco <laughs> Giants. They should change their colors to uh, marine and gold. Hey, I'm, a, I'm with you on that. Yeah, why are they cop, Why are they copping the, the the black and orange? Why are they black and orange? They're right on the water. I don't get it. <laughs> and that was said just to anger Mike Pratt. <laughs> well, the the Padres got rid of the blue and sand, so the so the Giants can take it. Well, listen, as as a Padres fan, I can we just stick with the color for a while? <laughs> I would be okay with that. It'd be nice. Well, and that's I was thinking about it last night watching the Padres' first uh, game that they were televising that I was able to watch at least, and they're finally wearing the brown. And I'm thinking like, what is the difference with the Padres compared to like a Red Sox or an Orioles or a Yankees? And I'm like, I really think that it, well, one, they're not as good. I get it, but they are a major league sports team. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they haven't been able to dial in an identity in like over a decade. No, constantly rebranding in in order to sell new merchandise and and you know. It's stuff like that, and it, it sucks. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, but at the same time, teams like the Dodgers and the Red Sox, who've been around for you know 100 years, they couldn't rebrand if they wanted to. True, <laughs> like they're stuck. Yeah, true, because I think I think it was, ooh, I, it was the Dodgers or the Red Sox. I, I forget. One of them did try to come up with like a third jersey, and everyone was like, "Fuck you, yeah. get out of here." <laughs> we like this one. Well, I mean, imagine if the Yankees were like, screw the pinstripes, let's go to, like, blue and silver. Be like, what the hell? Yeah. The Padres have gone from, like, classic brown and gold to classic, like, that orange and blue, which is my favorite. The 90s style with, with the pinstripes was always my favorite. And then they went to so many different variations of white with blue and blue with sand and just all these like weird wavy textures and logos it's just we've been identityless forever in this town and it just sucks no i i agree with you 100 i i've always been jealous of that continuity that those 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 uh in in hockey they call them the original eight but in, in baseball it's just like the teams that have been around since like you know 1920 or whatever um mm-hmm. I, I i've always been really jealous of that uh, it, it, it's funny as as a hockey fan, uh, you know the Capitals now have forged an identity with their red jerseys, mm-hmm. and now people want to go back to the old ones. And I'm like, well, why do you want to go back? Right. Like, people know us. We're like we're the Rock the Red crowd, and you want to yeah. change the colors so like the fucking eagle again mm-hmm. that we had in like the late '90s when we couldn't win jack shit. No, stick with <laughs> stick with what you're known for, and that's the Padres have not been able to do that. And no, it's just been- and I hope they stick with the brown. Now that the brown is back. Stick mm-hmm. with the brown. It's it's time. Like hopefully this ownership group. I know we're getting a little bit past movies, so I hope people are putting up with us still. But I I hope the ownership group lets us forge an identity. You know, hopefully Tatis is the guy who sticks around for the next decade. You know. Yeah. And 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 we can we can uh, take that to the next level. Let's hope so. I agree, my friend. Let me ask you one more question. Real, uh, actually, we kind of answered it already. I was going to ask you how much you how you felt about the brown, but obviously you're a fan. Oh, I love the brown. I love it. Yeah, I, I also like you though. I was a, I was a big fan of the of the the blue and the pinstripes in the mid nineties. Uh, that's my next favorite. That's if I could if I were going to choose anything, I wish they would have gone back to the blue and the orange with the pinstripes, the classic nineties style, mm-hmm. with Tony Gwynn was like you know the the 
best of the best. And obviously he wore brown, then he went to that. So he he did both. But the the 90s classic with the with the brown and the orange, with the Padres going kind of in an arch with the pinstripes, that was the one that I loved the most. I wish they would have gone with that, but I'm cool with the brown and the gold. I, I'm very happy with it. That's radical, man. I, I think you're right. And and again, hopefully in a week, we're going to get in a Major League Baseball season, and I, I hope it goes well. I'm nervous. You know, you and I both, we, we talk about it all the time, how we're very apprehensive of being out and about, you know, with all the COVID going on and everything happening. I hope MLB can pull this off. I'd love to be able to watch baseball in, in whatever weird, limited form it's in. Mm-hmm. What what are your uh, are you optimistic the season can can get can get played? Not really, to be honest with you. Yeah. I really think that um, once it, it's great that they're testing the players as often as they are. You know, Tommy Pham on the Padres contracted it, and he tested positive. He he did play last night. He played a hell of a game, even though it was against his own team. He still showed well, and he was also voted like the top third left baseman in all of baseball this week, which is I mean can't go wrong there for the Padres. That's a good look for us, but. Once you start having people, the moving parts, people traveling, people going in and out, and you, it's you never know what's going to happen. And they even talked. I was watching a TV show where um, Bob Costas was on talking about the bubble they created in Florida for the NBA season. Right. And saying, he was saying like, I guess they were like, "How optimistic are you?" And even he wasn't that optimistic. Like, yeah, that's great. They're all living in this quote unquote bubble where no one can leave. But there are people that need to serve food. There are people that need to change, like clean the rooms and the hotel they're staying in. There, there are so many different outlying parts that they're not thinking about. You can't trap all these human beings inside the bubble and say, like, well, you, you're the one that cooks the food for breakfast, so you cannot leave the bubble with your family for the next three months. Mm-hmm. Away. So there's, I just think there's too many moving parts, and once the the team start moving around and doing this and that, you know, the game only lasts three three and a half hours. The rest of the day is theirs. They can do whatever they want. So if one random player goes out to you know a, a gastro pub and has a burger without a mask on and contracts it, next thing you know you got 50 cases. Next thing you know it travels to another town. There's another 50 cases because it travels so quick. So I'm not 100% optimistic. I guess time will tell, but. That's my thought. I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to end up having to cancel it sooner than we see a, a finale. I, I I tend to agree with you more than I do uh, the the more optimistic approach. I hope they can figure it out. I hope they can pull it off. I'd love to see some baseball. I'd love to see basketball and hockey come back. They they have their plans in place too. We'll see if these bubble situations work. Obviously, baseball decided not to do a bubble. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll we will see. And I'm I'm also equally nervous about football in the fall. So. Yeah, I, I'm worried that we won't see sports until 2021. I think, true. I mean, not to get too into it, but I really think we should just hunker down for the year and let this pass and then get on 2021, let life be back to somewhat normal. But it seems like the world is falling apart and no one seems to want to follow that. So yeah. we're going to keep, we're just going to be backpedaling until people finally come to terms with this, I think. We'll do, uh, we'll, we'll start competitive beer drinking on Beer Night in San Diego. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely won't win that. You you and Mike will beat me for sure. <laughs> well, Cody, thank you so much for hanging out and doing this this fun baseball movies uh, showcase, spectacular, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. I've been looking forward to it. This has been super cool, and it's great to finally see you again. We haven't know, been able to see while. you. It's been a while, man. But this, this was a lot of fun. I'm glad we were able to do this. Um, yeah, and, and anyone who's who's listening, this is, this is Cody Thompson. This is the man right here, uh, host of Beer Night in San Diego, a show that I am on. So if you're not listening already, come and check us out. We're, do, we're doing good stuff over there. Shows New shows every week. That's not stopping. The COVID hasn't slowed us down. 
And uh, that's going to keep going. We're, nope. we're not stopping. Absolutely. We're yeah. going to keep doing it as long as we can. No, the 3 bz network is two shows strong, and we're not stopping or slowing down for any <laughs> either one of them. That's right. All right, my friend. Nobody I'm going to stop us. <laughs> oh, gosh. You lollygag the ball around the infield. You lollygag your way down to first. You lollygag in and out of the dugout. Do you know what that makes you? Larry? Lollygaggers. Lollygaggers. What's our record, Larry? Eight and 16. Eight and 16. How'd we ever win eight? It's a miracle. It's a miracle. This is a simple game. You throw the ball. You hit the ball. You catch the ball. You got it? Hey, and there it is. That is the baseball show. Thank you so much to Cody uh, for joining me for for this uh, kind of a retrospective look back at all the all the baseball movies that we think uh, are well, at least to us, are the most enjoyable ones out there. You know, a good mix of comedy, a good mix of drama, but by by far not a, not a, a comprehensive list of all the baseball movies. I'm sure uh, some of you out there will get really mad that we didn't uh, uh, list Brendan Fraser in in the Phenom. You know. St- <laughs> Stuff like that, or perhaps you're a Freddie Prince Jr. fan, and, and you're really mad that we didn't uh, have that that movie where he's in the Cape Cod League. Uh, whatever. Anyways, um, as you can hear, the air conditioner has kicked on because it's gotten a little stuffy in the Tom Cave. So we're gonna wrap it up now because uh, I think it's been a long episode, and after I've, after I have uh, edited in all the sound clips and everything like that, it's gonna be even longer. So uh, uh, thank you guys all so much for listening to the podcast. It's it's been a lot of fun. I hope you guys didn't mind the uh, the little divergence um, in into the world of sports for this episode. You know, uh, I know that's not typically what we do on the show, um, but I think for a lot of us, we we miss sports right now. And and you know, as we, as we're wrapping up the podcast, you know, baseball's supposed to start next week. And as as we um, and as we record the show, I mean. If this schedule had played out as it was supposed to, this week would have been uh, the All-Star game. The All-Star game would have, would have been this past Tuesday. So, yeah, you know, I was, I was really missing baseball, and, and Cody and I have been kind of talking about doing the show for a little bit, and it just seemed like now was the time uh, to kind of, you know, as the season may be actually starting, to, to kind of talk about some baseball movies. So I had, I had a really good time. I hope you guys... Uh, enjoyed this episode. I want to thank I want to uh, thank my my patreons. Thank you so much to the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Mister Jeff Nail. He's the co-host of the Ringing Ear, a great music podcast. Be sure to check that out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, and the Squidmaster General himself, Mister Brian Broussard. And yes, uh, for anyone listening uh, who's paying close attention, I am well aware of the fact that the San Francisco Giants do predate the Baltimore Orioles. Again. I was really just trying to rise out of Mr. Mike Pratt, who will listen to the show in six to eight months and get back to me around Christmas with how angry he is that I made that comment. Anywho, uh, what else we got? Uh, follow the show on social media, at Tomcast Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. We're doing all kinds of fun stuff over there. Oh, and if you want to join those cool Patreons, become an official member of Pophead Nation, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash Tomcast Podcast, and you'll get to hang out with those cool, cool people and have access to all kinds of sweet bonus content. Hey, how about that? Love making the bonus content. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, email the show, too. TomcastPopcast at gmail.com. Sorry, I'm kind of doing everything out of order on, the, on this wrap-up. I apologize for that, so I'm a little a little scattered. Uh, much like a, 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 
light-hitting shortstop would be. He'd scatter the ball around the infield. Hey, all right. Uh, once again, please like, subscribe, and share the show with all your friends. Uh, whatever platform you are a fan of, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, if there's one you want us on and we're not there, let us know. We'll get on there immediately. So, that being said, I want to thank Cody once again for joining the show. Uh, and, and hey... Take me out to the ball game, people. Let's let's go. Let's go. Uh, uh, bubble basketball, bubble hockey, all these things are in the works for August. But baseball next week, not not too shabby. And we'll be back next week as well with a more uh, pop culture centric episode of the show. So I, I, I again, I hope you have uh, enjoyed this kind of uh, divergent episode where we we've, we've skewed into the sports world for a little bit. Hope you didn't mind that too much. I uh, I think the conversation was fun, and I hope. Uh, I hope you guys feel the same way. If not, we will never, ever do sports on the show again. Anyways, thank you all so, so very much for listening. You guys are the best audience of podcast listeners in the world. Ciao, babes. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions.